Hello, welcome to God's Open Door. Thank you for joining us here today. We've got uh, Pastor Coots here with us. We got Mama, we got Gloria, and I am Jeremiah. We're going to open on up in prayer. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for all of us being able to gather together today. I thank you for everybody that is listening and that you reach into their hearts and that you open their ears to receive what they need to receive. I pray that you open us up to be able to be your vessel and that we will minister correctly. And dear Lord, I pray that you teach us and that you open our eyes to what we need to see this morning, dear Heavenly Father. I thank you for everything that you have done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. I've decided to go back to verse 4 because there's something I want to, if there was a title for this, it would be power. These signs shall follow. Let's uh, read verse 8. This says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I want to deal with power. The power that helps you to witness. The power that causes you to witness. But I want to deal a lot with as we go out and witness. You know, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses. And I want to deal with the signs and wonders that follow witnessing. So, uh, let's go to Mark chapter 16. And we're going to start by reading verse 15. Okay? And it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the first command. Then he says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Two choices there. Now, we're going to, I want to deal with this part of the Scripture. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they, show, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. And... They, I see, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, <coughs> excuse me, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Would you read that, Jeremiah, out of your translation? Alrighty. Starting at verse 15, it says, And he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Okay, these are signs. These signs are to follow those that believe. Not those that doubt, but those that believe. So we must believe as we go out and minister that signs will follow us. Uh, 
And there's a whole list of signs here that is a witness to who we are. Uh, let's go to Matthew 28 2. And I have a lot of scripture. I don't have them now. Would you read it, yes. uh, Jeremiah? Matthew 28 2. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. 28 2. 28.2. Okay. What does 20 Is say? 28.20 says, Teach these and the son, teach these new disciples to obey the commandments I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's the scripture I wanted. Uh, and it means exactly what it says. That if we teach disciples, go out minister, that God is with us, or Jesus will be with us, even to the end of the world, as we, this world. Any any thoughts on those? Um, I like it how in what was the last one that we were in? Was it Mark? The last scripture that we read before then, uh, how it talked on about these here are the signs that will be given to you. And if you notice, a lot of different times, whenever there is revival happening, whenever God is moving in a place, those are the signs that we see. We see healings. We see um, people that had certain illnesses that do not have to deal with the illnesses anymore. Broken bones that are completely healed have um, parts on their body that are completely regrown or uh, God mended it completely at where there's no issue whatsoever. Even if you look throughout the stories of Paul, there was one moment where Paul was bit by a poisonous snake and he just kept preaching and nothing happened to him. Um, I lo just love it how these signs can be shown thrown out the scripture and can be shown throughout our age. If you look back at Catherine Coleman and her ministries, there was several healings throughout her time period. And then there's several churches during our time right now that if you look into them, there's several healings going on at those churches. Um, there's like Bethel Ministries that has different healings that happen. And uh, there's, I believe it's the healing well or the, the praying well. There, there's a few different ministries that if you look on into them, God is moving in those ministries right now with these signs that he already told us about back in these days whenever Jesus rose from the grave before he ascended back into heaven. Um, I just like to, I just like seeing and pointing on out that these signs are already happening, that they've been happening ever since that day whenever uh, Jesus ascended back into heaven and uh, Pentecost happened with the apostles. I agree with you. They, they are, they've been, uh, signs have been, happening but not like they were in, in the book of Acts I believe they should be but people center on one thing or the other like they'll center on casting out demons or, or the healing it says these signs will happen it doesn't talk about just one it talks about all of them and the church there's three things that the church that sparks revival alright and the three things that spark revival is prayer, preaching, and signs and wonders. 
And if the church can have those three things, revival will take place. See, first you pray for the lost, pray for the church, pray for God to, uh, to help you to reach the lost. Then you preach the word to the lost. And then signs and wonders, after you do those two things, signs and wonders automatically take place. So I want to deal with the signs and wonders. There are five signs that follow the believer, those who believe, those who are Christians. And we're going to kind of break them down as much time as we got. And we're going to start out with number one, casting out devils uh, uh, or uh, casting out demons. These signs should automatically follow. Casting out devils. There's been times that I have had to stop a service and rebuke the enemy and cast out demons who are trying to hinder a service. Uh, and I think that this is very, very important. You need to be sensitive to what God is doing. You need to be sensitive to uh, what is happening even in the spirit realm. Uh, Let's go to Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Alright. And it says, And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. This is Jesus talking. Alright. He was he's talking like, hey, look, I was there. I was there when Satan was cast out of heaven. Behold, I give you the authority, which in the King James, and I got the New King James, is power, which this form of power is authority. In Acts, the power there is dunamis, which means all power, sufficient power, the power of God. The authority falls under that bracket because God has given us all authority or all power, whichever way you want to talk, say it, over, and listen to this, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now I want to go to verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in that. This speaks like it should be almost natural to us. That we, you know, don't rejoice in the fact that you have that kind of authority uh, that the spirits are subject to you. Remember this. The spirits are subject to us. But rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Rejoice that you're, you're saved. You're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Your own way to heaven. So we, we look at this and uh, we look at the power here which is exousias, exousia and it means delegate authority. I thought that was so cool. So what is God doing here? He's delegating His authority to us over the enemy. Just like whenever Moses was over uh, the children of Israel, whenever they were wandering throughout out the uh, the desert, the wilderness, and he had 
he was the one that talked through all the people and ministered to all of them and he ended on up delegating that there to so many men underneath him so that way he wasn't getting burnt out when his father-in-law told him mm-hmm. you know you need to delegate some authority to others so you take care of the major issues mm-hmm. and that kind of relates but I want to go back to let's look let's look at this behold I delegate authority <laughs> I love it to trample or to destroy Satan's work. Yeah. So I was actually looking, and if we jump back on to verse 17, the disciples asked Jesus, they say, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. And then Jesus replies back, yes, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given the authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them, and nothing will injure you. Whenever Jesus had this authority himself delegated by his father to be able to go and cast out demons, and also this here goes to cover the part of the authority of you can be bitten by dangerous snakes and the venom will not harm you. Um, you will eat poison. If you eat or drink poison, it cannot harm your body. Um, and I just love it how this here shows two of those examples right there. You can cast out demons, one of the signs, one of the proofs of this Holy Spirit being with you. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and they cannot harm you. Yeah, I, I was uh, one time we was, I was casting out a demon and he began to argue with me. And I told him, you don't have authority here. Mm-hmm. I do in the name of Jesus. Okay, so authority is to destroy the works of Satan. Mm-hmm. So when you see Satan, the works of Satan begin to rise... You got the authority to rebuke it, to bind it, to cast it out, to stop it, to destroy His works, and that's what you want to do in in, in our in your cities. You want to be able to destroy the works of the devil. So let's go. The next one is tread, which means to have absolute mastery over. Absolute mastery over. You, you're the, you're the, you're the master under Jesus Christ over demonic spirits, over the works of Satan. You're the master. Turn to uh, Psalms uh, chapter ninety-one, verse thirteen, and it says it there, and it's talking, it's talking about Jesus, and we could read this whole thing, and I suggest that you do it. But it also has us talking about, well, he's, he's given us his authority. And in verse 13, one of the things it says is, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent, you shall trample underfoot. So you see, this is something that was, a, was prophesied that as Jesus walked the earth, he would do. But He has transferred, if you will, His authority to us. And we work in the name of Jesus Christ and by the Spirit to destroy the enemy and have absolutely power over Yes. So, and actually, if you continue through 14, 15, and 16, it actually states that in Psalms 91, verse 14, 15, and 16, it says... The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect, protect 
those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Okay, and that's why I suggest that you read the whole thing whenever you have a chance because of our time limit. But I, I, that's good. Thank you. Uh, so let's go to number two. Speak with new tongues. There's a lot of controversy on this one. Uh, verse 17 uh, of... Uh, excuse me. Oh, I'll get it right here in a minute. Oh, I thought it didn't. Oh, I'm in the wrong one. Okay. Uh, it says, They shall speak with new tongues. There's a lot of controversy over tongues. And people center on tongues so much. And believe me, I believe in speaking in tongues. But let's just see what you think. What do you anybody got any ideas on what tongues is? Another language. Another language? Speaking in the angelic language. There's speaking in the angelic language? I want us to go to Isaiah 28.11. Alright. Read it when you get it, Jeremiah. When you get it. So now God will have to speak to His people through foreign oppressors who speak a strange language. Okay. This is uh, a prophecy of what is to come. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into tongues because we are going to deal with that a little later in chapter 2. But let's go to what well, Acts 2 verse 4 says, and you, shall, and you were all filled with the and, excuse me, and they were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You had, this was a, a, a festival where all the heads of each tribe, all the educated men, gathered together and they began to hear their own language as a testimony of what God was doing. And they asked the question, how can these simple Galileans who are uneducated Speak in our, lang- in, our, in our languages. And Peter gets up and gives a sermon and he talks about Joel and all that. And we will deal with that as we get in chapter 2. That's why I'm being trying to be real careful here on this one. But on this chapter anyway. But uh, this in this instance, the disciples were speaking in an earthly language they did not know. So, what was it for? To be a witness. To be a witness. So, that was to be a witness for God or for the people who did not. And I've heard many, many instances of someone get up and he did not know English and get up and preach and preach in perfect English. I've heard people speak in perfect Mandarin Chinese. God does things. In such a miraculous way. He is not limited. And because He is not limited, we are not limited. Now, uh, there is also that angelic angelic language that you and only 
God knows. As you're speaking it, it is a direct link between you and God that nobody outside, nobody, the devil himself does not understand, but God knows, and the Bible says it's the yearnings of your heart, the deepness of your heart, the deepness of your prayers. Now, uh, that that is to edify or to uplift you and to strengthen you personally. This here in Acts was to strengthen or to reach out for the crowd. That was a ministry or a witness to everybody. Uh, anything y'all want to say real quick? No, I'm good. You're, you are? Yep. Oh, come on. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just teasing him. <laughs> Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read 8 through 10, okay? There's a lot more that could be done with these, and I'm just kind of watching what we do. Okay? Because uh, obviously on this app, we have an a time limit so we have to try to keep it all in that time limit and but we're letting others here respond because if we don't get all through it we can come back to it because it's very important for you to hear uh, the ideas of others I may have an idea but some of these others like Gloria or Jeremiah or mom might have a thought that comes to them. And it's very important that we do it this way so that people come to an understanding. I'm praying that God will draw people to this one, but also to the one, if we get done with this one, to the one we have next week because I'm going to have to. we got five signs. I only want to go through four because healing the sick is such a big subject. And... There's more about healing in the Word of God than there is any than there is any other gift. Do you all realize that? Also, a good reason to have the discussions like this here, at where there's multiple people communicating with this here and saying what God gives them, is God might give Pastor Coots some a different revelation about a verse than what he'd give me or what he'd give Mama, mm -hmm. and. It's like what I was trained on up whenever I was younger. Just because a God told somebody another side of the a scripture than what he told you doesn't make their, what God pointed out to them wrong. It just means that you guys both saw it from a different angle. Yeah. That's good. Let's go to uh, see 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 through 10. Did I say that? Yeah. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Okay, well, let's go. I want to start with verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Would you read that verse in your translation? Yes, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit and the source of all of them. Okay, so that's a, that's a good translation. I want to do that because there are different... You might not understand diversities, but I want you to understand what it means. It means different kinds of gifts. To help you witness, right? Now, let's look at these. There are diff differences of ministries but the same Lord all right he may have a revelation I may have read but it's the same God long as long as it's according to the scripture and there are diversities of activities but it is the same God who works all in all let's go ahead but the manifestations of the spirit is given to each one 
for profit of all. Read that verse, verse 7, please. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Spiritual, so we can help each other. And I think a good point in that there is the spirit or the gift of praying in tongues and talking in tongues because yeah. of in acts chapter two whenever they talked in tongues they talked all these different languages that they didn't know but also that same uh gift also helps to minister to us whenever we're praying in the angelic version of the tongues very good very good verse eight for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit now i, I would love to deal with these As a matter of fact i am working on a separate podcast on 1 Corinthians, starting with verse 1. I think it'll help. Uh, same through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. We'll deal with that later. To another, workings of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all, the, all these things, distributing to, those, to each one individually as He wills. Okay, so we're dealing with tongues, and there's, here it tells you there's, two, there's tongues and there's the interpretation of tongues. Tongues edifies you in this Scripture. That's your edification. But interpretation of tongues and edifies those who are around. The, the, okay, so what the Holy Spirit does is He takes a message from God that is given in tongues and He interprets it through you or me so that others around may know what God is saying. That's God's message to us. Now, this is interesting. Uh, I, was, I was not in there, but I remember a, a story that was given, and I really believe it. Uh, a missionary was uh, giving a service and preaching, and, and he was on his itinerary. And in the midst of, I mean, not in the midst, but while they were worshiping God at the end and praying, tongues was given. All right? And in the back come a man for salvation. And he said, I didn't believe in God until I heard that message. And he says, the message, the interpretation? He says, the interpretation and the message. He goes, what do you mean? He says, the, the message was given in Mandarin Chinese. This is a true story. All right? And the interpretation was word for word for word. And there's no way that man could have known what the other was saying. But I know Mandarin Chinese. I lived in China for a long time. So I understand and I know it. And he was converted today. That was used for a witness. Anybody else, real quick? The one thing that I'd like to point out on about all those verses that we just read in First Corinthians is it constantly relates back to by the same spirit. By the same spirit. If you go on into uh, looks of different religions and so on, they would worship the sun for one thing. They'd worship something else for another thing. And they would worship different stuff to have different results. They'd worship something rather for war, something rather for um, their crops, something rather for 
reign. But whenever it comes to us as Christians believing in Christ, the Holy Spirit is what controls all of these gifts. Whenever we are talking about the gifts of healing, the gifts of interpretation, the gifts of casting out demons, it is all controlled by the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that works in all of it. It's the Holy Spirit that gives it to all of us, and it's the Holy Spirit through control of God that's what helps us. All right. Uh, We're going to go to uh, number three. Take up serpents. There's some controversy about this. There's There's a group of people a group of pastors and ministers. I believe, I'm not sure if it's Kentucky or... I'm not sure. I think it's Kentucky. But their last name is the same as mine, spelt the same. And they handle rattlesnakes. One of these churches that handle rattlesnakes. I'm sorry if I walked into that church and I saw them handed, started handling rattlesnakes, I'd say, feet don't fail me now. I'd be gone. <laughs> All right, and but they say they're going going according to that scripture. They will pick up serpents and it will do no harm. Uh, this is not quite what that scripture was talking about. It's talking yeah. about if context if you come in contact, it bites you or whatever. Uh, let me uh, read a little bit of a uh, what do you call it? A commentary on this. Just a couple lines. The whole idea is immunity from snake bites and the power over them in conflict. So it's got a physical, but it's also got a spiritual meaning. You get a hold of that? I love that. I think that's perfect. It describes it perfectly. Alright? So it's talking about it. Well, let's go. Here's a prime example. Uh, Acts 28, starting with verse 10. Now, in fact, Acts 27, we see that Paul is on his journey to Rome. For, he's going to be in prison. He was, in, he was uh, taken by some of the centurions to headed to Rome. There was bad weather. Paul told them that you need to jump overboard. Nobody will perish. Well, it took them a while for them to actually agree with him, but Paul was right. He said, I won't run. I'll be here. Nobody will run. So, okay. So they get on the shore, and let's read what happens here. Now, when they had escaped, they then found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us, showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome. So here they are. The people of the island met them there and they're going to try to make them as comfortable as possible, right? Alright? Because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened to his hand. So when the natives saw the the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer whom though he he has escaped the sea, 
Yet justice does not allow to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. Let's read the next one. However, they expected that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw to saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Well, of course, he's going to straighten that out. Take a, that's, a, that's an example. That's a physical example. Look, when, when that serpent bit him, a poisonous snake bit him, all he did is pull it off, shake it off. He didn't get nervous. He didn't get. He just went on about his business. They watched him. Are you going, Rachel? Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, anyway, they shook it off. They got. He shook it off and didn't worry about it. But everyone around him began to look. He's going to die. He's going to die. Paul just went about his business. They found out he's not going to die. Who is this man? He's like some kind of God. But actually, he was a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that protection, no servant shall harm you coming down. Now, I like what that second part says, and I'll give you a chance if y'all want to say something in a minute. It says, over, listen to this, power over them in conflict. Whenever you see people be, begin to happen in conflict, you can begin to pray and rebuke that, that, that evil spirit, that serpent of a spirit that's trying to destroy. And he does that a lot in the churches. You know that? He, a church can be growing and doing real good and all of a sudden conflict arises. That's why you have church splits, conflict. And what we need to do is we see these things begin to happen. We need to take authority over that conflict and, and, and rebuke it in the name of Jesus. So it's both spiritual, but the conflict, and believe me, I've been in conflict. People have been in conflict against me. And I've had times where I, you know, I, 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 I in a recent conflict, the Lord told me not to say a word. And He kept bringing the Scripture. And Jesus spoke not a word. Don't speak a word against them. Don't say anything against them. Uh, and it will not hurt you. That's a type of spiritual conflict too. Anybody got anything to add to that? No, I think he covered most of that one. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, shall be immune from poison. Once again, don't go drinking poison and say, I'm immune from it. That's not what that means. You do things to test God that way, you may find out you're either going to end up in heaven or hell, whichever one you go. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. You know, a note on that one right there, that there's also goes back to the Old Testament because there's times that where there was, uh, I believe, a lake that was poison, poisonous in the Old Testament, and I believe it was Elijah... Elijah ended on up through the story. I believe it's in First Kings or Second Kings. Search on up Elijah and find that story and read through it because that one right there is pretty cool. Well, so happened we got it here. Probably. <laughs> All right, let's go. Second Kings chapter four. I'm 
I knew it wasn't Kings. I knew it. Yeah, and we're it's Elisha, and we're going to go to I guess. Let's start with verse 38. Okay? And Elisha returned to Gilgal. And there was a famine in the land. Now the sons of the prophets were sitting before him, and he said to his servants, Put on the large pot and boil stew for the sons of the prophets. So one went out into the field to gather herbs, which is grain, uh, and found found a wild vine and gathered from it uh, a lapful of wild gourds and came and sliced them into the pot of stew, though they did not know what they were. Uh, I, first of all, I think that's, Lord, forgive me, but for you to go and cut something in a pot of stew that you don't know what it is, <laughs> it's kind of dumb, don't you think? Yes. But God even covers our dumbness. <laughs> Thankfully. Thankfully. We do think. I, I'll give you a little story. It's, it's dumb, you know, it's when I was young and dumb, okay. Then they served it to the, man, to the men to eat. Now it happened as they were eating the stew that they cried out and said, Man of God, there is death in the pot. And they could not eat it. So he said, Then bring some flour. And he put it into the pot and said, Serve it to the people that they may eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. Then a man came from Baal, uh, Shalisha, I guess, and brought the man to, of God bread and first fruits, twenty loaves of barley bread and newly ripened grain in his nap pack. And he said, Give it to the people that they all meet. So first of all, God performs a miracle here. There's poison in the pot. Look at what it says. Uh, uh, well, they began to eat it. They were eating the stew. And all of a sudden, people begin to get deathly ill. And somebody says, hey, there's death in that pot. There's poison in that pot. And what does Elisha do? God directs him to put flour in the pot. And the pot and the stew was healed and they could eat it. Out of this came, out of this miracle, came another. Because remember, there's a famine. And they were eating whatever they could. What did God do? Because Elisha followed the directions of God... God blessed Elisha. Yes. Remember that. Because he did what God told him to do. And a miracle was performed. A miracle of someone bringing them food was performed. Yes. Anybody else? If you continue reading, there's a second miracle there. Yeah, there is a second miracle. That's the only point I got. Yeah, there is a second miracle. Uh, I kind of wanted to read on, but... Well, well, go ahead and read it. Go okay. Read. What the servant exclaimed, feed a hundred people with only this. But Elijah repeated, give it to the people so they can eat. For this is what the Lord says. Everyone will eat and there will even be some left over. And when they gave it to the people, there was plenty 
for all and some left over, just as the Lord had promised. How, okay, around the table, how many of you know what this is a type of? It reminds me of the miracle of Jesus feeding all the people with only five loaves and two fish, feeding 5,000 people. Fed to 5,000? And it says there was plenty left over. Plenty left over. Plenty left. There was, there was, when they began to gather up the scraps and stuff, what do you think happened with that? The Bible doesn't say, does it? Mm-hmm. But all the left over, maybe, maybe Jesus sent it with the boy who gave the five loaves and five, two fishes. Mm-hmm. Or five, yeah. Maybe he gave it to him because he gave to God, right? And it was, it was just his giving. He blessed God, and God in turn blessed him with a whole lot more than just a little lunch. Mm-hmm. And he was able to take it home and have plenty for his family. That goes back to miracle of the miracle of giving. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. In this world today, coronavirus where it's hard to give. Christians, when we begin to give, God's going to bless us for it. Who in their right mind would think, give it away will cause you to gain more? Nobody, except for a Christian. But God doesn't think like men do. God says, this is my plan to take care of you. Give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, shall men pour into your bosom. All right? Shall men pour into your bosom. Right? That's exactly what happened here in Kings. Right? Mm -hmm. Think about it. God blessed Elisha for his faithfulness. And then God blessed Elisha with the offering that was given to him to bless others. And that's the point of giving. And I'm going to talk about that in just a few minutes. I'm going to have a little bit of time that I want to talk about it. But... This is something that God wants us to do. Mm-hmm. Give and it shall be given unto you. Mm-hmm. Right? And he says, I'll, he told Peter, he says, I'll, I'll give you back a hundredfold, which is a hundred times what you give. Alright? And, and I think it's Corinthians. Give it talks about us bringing it the first day of the week. That, so that it talks about the blessing of it. It will be blessed. The Bible says, cast your bread upon the water. What happens when you cast your bread upon the water? It swells up. It swells up. Are you, are, you, are you getting a... This is part of the plan of God. And when you're doing these things and being faithful to God, God's going to bless you. Anybody? Go ahead. I'd like to point on out um, and encourage everybody to go ahead and read through the miraculous stuff that happened with Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was the first prophet and Elisha was the prophet that basically trained under him and served after him. Um, There is many miracles that happens throughout the time period of whenever they were blessed, the household that blessed them blessed back. And sometimes that household even got blessings years later from blessing Elijah or Elisha. And the miraculous journey that both of those prophets walked through during the time period of First and Second Kings is just amazing and has a, a great stories that you guys can just uh, get a lot out of. 
uh, and that that's a, that's a good point. Uh, just a little side note. Elisha told Elijah before he went up, he said, uh, what, Elijah asked him, what do you want? He said, I want double of what you got. Do you realize that Elisha performed twice as many major miracles as Elijah? And one of those was even after he died. Yeah. You want to say something? Well, no, I was just kind of thinking of some things that had happened in my life and in your dad's. Whenever I was saved, I was saved in Church of God. My husband was not going to church. And one of the women that lived close by, she would come and take me to church with her. And I guess the Lord had got a, had spoke to him. And he told me one night, <clears throat> he said, when we moved, we were fixing to move from the place where we were at. And we moved to the house where you was born. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he says, whenever, he says, whenever we move, he says, honey, I will go to church with you. And I, I admit, I knew it. I knew that he was going to. I didn't do anything. But anyway, I got him to the church. And whenever we got there and started going there, that was when he was born. And we got there in that church, and God saved him, and he become a minister of God's Word. My husband did, and we got another one. <laughs> we got another one. Okay. Double portion. Uh, going back to the poison, a uh, funny story, and it's funny. I look back on it when I was young and dumb. I was at a church called, it was in Ojoncino, New Mexico, on the reservation. My mom and dad was missionaries. And I was in the church, and I had one of these, remember one of these paperweights that had all this stuff? It was this uh, stuff, it was, had a candy bar in it, but the stuff was wrapped around it. Well, I decided I was going to break it and see if it was any good. And I did. And I found out that's probably not a good idea. And I started getting deathly ill right at, not too long after the world second. I said, God, you said you would heal us if we make if this happens. I believe in you in Jesus' name. And I know I made a dumb mistake. My curiosity went crazy. And God healed me immediately. I don't want to get a healing, but deadly poison. Anybody else, real quick, before I go on this? Well, and the deadly poison part does go on into the healing portion because if you consume something that is deadly, God can heal you down the line from it or he can cause it to have no effect at all. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to take a few minutes here. Uh, to talk about something we talked about last week and God has really, really kind of laid it on my heart. I know we haven't been receiving an offering very often. We haven't for a while. And I want to uh, take this opportunity to let you know that if you'd like to give, you may give. Uh, just contact us. Contact us on Facebook. Uh, contact us on our web, on our 
email address what's that jeremiah god's opening door at gmail.com god's opening door lowercase i believe that you could type it either way and it'll come yeah okay god's opening door gmail.com or just message us on the facebook here if you'd like to give but i'm asking us to give this morning and the only reason i am we're going to go and we're going to take care of this but I, the reason i'm doing this one of the reasons 10 percent of what we give will go to missions and we're going to start supporting a mission uh, a mission that goes to israel and ministers to israel the needs of Israel, because I believe Israel is the first step. We're going to be looking into it. We'll, but at the end of the month, we'll decide, we'll figure out what has been given, and we'll take 10%, and we will give to uh, Israel. I don't have a whole lot. Pass the bowl over here. That's what I and we'll make sure at the end of this month we'll see what we have and what I'm going to do is what we have coming in and plus what we have in the bank we're going to take 10% of that and we're going to give it to missions a portion of it will go to Israel and we're praying God to lead us to other missionaries that we need to give but I believe we ought to start with Israel and God will bless us, and God will bless you for giving. God will bless you around this table for giving. Because what you're giving, a portion of it goes to missions, especially Israel. And that will bless, right? Amen. Anybody got anything they want to say about that? Well, I'm positive. Go ahead. I've always thought that I could give to God, and whenever I Today, in my pocket, I had two quarters. That's when I had two dollars. <laughs> I had two quarters. That's all I have. <laughs> but I had saved some more that I was going to do something else. In fact, I was saving it to go to into the church. But as I was sitting here and he was talking, I am going to take what God put in my hands for this and he's going to give me more to give to the church so I'm going in there to get it and give it tonight for this Sunday Lord I got to get my check <laughs> and I'll have money to, to yeah, give we Sunday all we all will does that okay while y'all are so one of the things I like to point on out here is she said two quarters. Now, whenever you take it what you have and you give to God, God will take it, press it down, shake it together, multiply it exponentially where it's running over. And anytime that I hear two, it makes me think of Noah's Ark. Or the, the widow with Or the widow with the two mites. But whenever I think of Noah's Ark, God went and took all of the animals on the earth and put them together in their couples and put them on the ark to save them. Yeah. All right, well, as we're putting these two quarters there, we're believing that God will take this here and make it multiply and grow, just like how those two animals of each were on the ark and they multiplied to basically remultiply over the earth. And so 
as we give our seed, as we give what we have, as we give this starting seed for this here, we're believing for it to multiply and to flourish, not just here in our area, not just here in what we're using it for, but elsewhere because we're donating it elsewhere too. We're believing in growth elsewhere. I didn't give a whole lot myself. That's all I had. I mean, every penny I had, but that's okay. God takes care of me. God led me to do this, and uh, we're uh, going to get back on our regular giving and everything and see what God does. And who knows? God can take this to reach many, many missions for Him. And uh, thank God for it. Missions is close to my heart because I've been a missionary. I know what it's like. And I thank God for our missionaries. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Father, we do love you and we do thank you. I thank you for those who who have given and those who will give. God, I pray that you will minister. Now, God, I pray that you will draw people to this study in the Word of God. That they will understand their power and the power that God has given and the power that God has taken to cover us and to protect us and be able to present the Gospel. Lord, let this encourage the faith of others as they hear Your Word. God, let them know who they are and begin to expect. Lord, help us to believe and not doubt that, God, there is nothing You cannot do. Lead us, O Lord, as a small body here. Lead us and guide us, Lord, as we begin to minister to, Lord, I think through this, the world, as You draw people to. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.